Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar. How you doing, Trav? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously I'm reeling from the news about uh, Chuck Grassley that uh, just came out. It, the Chuck Grassley news. You know, there's another big story here. RBG. Well, she I've been, passed I mean, away. honestly, I've been, I've been wrapped up in this. Uh, in, in Chuck Grassley Chuck news. Chuck Grassley the news. The Iowa senator. Uh, you know, I secretly think that... Um, we have a massive story with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. A stalwart of the Senate. I didn't, 87 I didn't year hear, young. I did not hear about this one. You but, didn't hear about but that. But listen to this. Okay. So on Chuck Grassley's Twitter, he, uh, he tweeted... If you lost your pet pigeon, it's dead in the front yard of my Iowa farm. What? Just discovered. No, wait, hold on. When did Chuck Grassley tweet this? Because, again, we have a lot to unpack. What's going on with the Supreme Court in this country? Does it help Donald Trump? Does it hurt Donald Trump? Does it help Joe Biden and his campaign? What's no, 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 Mitch no, no, McConnell no, no. going to do? No, Chuck Grassley then tweeted, I assumed it was a dead deer because night and also no carcass. What are you talking? Wait, Chuck Grassley is just tweeting right now about dead animals in his Iowa farm. Oh yeah, you should take a take a moment to actually uh, type in Chuck Grassley dead deer, and you'll find uh-huh. a series of texts from uh, from the senator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. Uh, here's from t- from 2012. Uh, Fred and I hit a deer on Highway 136 south of Dyersville. By the way, he has 620,000 followers on Twitter. Woo. After I pulled fender rubbing on tire, we continued to farm assume deer dead. Wow. He speaks in kind of like a like clicks like he's 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 communicating uh like almost in shorthand for he, dead deer in his dead deer lexicon he is a farmer buddy you got to get the words out quick because you got to get back to the <laughs> it's field like a very efficient military fred and i hit deer on highway 136 south of dyersville after i pulled up fender rubbing t- on tire we continue to farm assume deer dead no punctuation no punctuation <laughs> well that's wonderful <laughs> obviously punctuation is uh it's always sad when it comes to the final period at the end of uh, the sentence that is life. RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 87 years old, passed away. What does this mean? Obviously, a lot of people are scared. There is some fear uh, regarding Roe v. Wade, regarding what the hell the Supreme Court is going to look like. It's a very surreal time. It, it really, is, it, It's such a strange time. It's a strange time to be on the internet because oh I'm my, seeing... Always. All kinds of, I, I don't know, there is an internet insanity that is built around the death of, of public figures. Yes. And I'm, you know, now, now I'm suddenly seeing Ruth Bader Ginsburg in heaven with like Black Panther and Aww. like shooting hoops with Iron Man and Anna Nicole Smith. But, okay, you say Iron Man, Iron Man's not dead. He is dead in the MCU. He died? <laughs> yes, Cindy, have you not seen? <laughs> no, I didn't watch it. I'm so I did Iron not know. Man is dead. I did not know that I was. Why is this week only getting worse? Wow, I really did not mean to pile on. That's okay, but he had so much money. He had so much money, <laughs> and as opposed, you know, to be fair, Ginsburg. We had, have real news to get to here. RBG Travis. was it, a bas- real superhero. Re- sh- yes, <laughs> and basically, she lived in a hospital for the past ten years, so it was not a Ugh. super big plot twist when she did die well but, it was in the sense that nobody thought it was going to happen yeah i guess, of course, so. I guess RBG, so she even herself she thought she thought she could go on until uh, biden uh, administration or 
Well, you know, that's the one thing where people are classless. So there's always going to be immediately people being like upset with her. Yes, there's a lot she of that. died, but life is real. It's finite. You never know when you're going to get called home. And it was a shock, despite the fact that we have heard story after story after story about RBG maybe not being 100%. This is also bringing up a conversation about term limits for the Supreme Court. Andrew Absolutely. Yang, our friend here yeah. on the show, tweeted out how he would like to see an 18-year term limit for Supreme Court justices. I personally am on board with that. We've been talking about that for a long, long time. These well, lifetime appointees... And this, For people who are not voted on by the American public, it is a strange phenomenon we have in our democratic republic. It is very strange that very we, strange. Are, we are beholden to the whims of a man like Clarence Thomas, who's a social freak. <laughs> like pretty much straight up. He doesn't up. talk very much. Yeah, he's a bit of a he's 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 a bit of a wallflower. Scalia was his voice. That is true. Yeah. Yes. And if you um if you would like to know where Scalia is buried, it is um Fairfax, Virginia. No I just kidding. looked that up. No, yeah. no so kidding. If you have any eggs or anything you want don't to throw. Don't go defacing tombstones, Travis. It might Travis. make you feel better. Oh if my you threw eggs God. I don't Anth think it will Scalia's make you. grave. That's that's all I'm saying. I don't know if that checks out. Because Scalia and Ginsburg were actually very good friends, which is interesting. I saw that. They went to India together. But the, they uh, did many times. They the, traveled a lot together. You know, this death does make court reform, like suddenly is the top of, uh, is the top of what the election is about right now. Absolutely. And because we cannot have lifetime appointments for, for these judges. There should be, they sh like you said, 14 years. Was, was that the term limits? 18, 18 years, years was the one suggested by Andrew Yang. I have heard 20 years, 18 years, whatever it might be. But a definitive time, I think, would make sense when it comes, when it comes to Supreme Court nominees. Because as we're seeing right now, a few names that have been floated by Donald Trump and his administration to replace Ginsburg. They, the names uh, are, it's two females. One is Amy Coney Barrett, and the other one is Barbara LaGoya. Uh, looks like one of those two women will be Donald Trump's nominee. Now, of course, we're about 45 days away from an election. Mitch McConnell, I'm sure all of you already know this, but back in 2016, he refused to take a vote on Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland was, of course, Barack Obama's appointee. Uh, when it comes to the Supreme Court, Merrick Garland was universally respected. Yes. Conservatives had no problem with him. If anything, he got a little blowback from the left for not being liberal enough. That was the big controversy for Merrick Garland. Nonetheless, uh, Mitch McConnell said, no, we will not take the vote during an election year. It seems as if that is no longer going to be the stance of Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party. He only needs to get 50 votes. You no longer need a supermajority. You don't need the 60. You just got to get 50. Why 50? You would think, oh, don't you need to get 51? Of course, Mike Pence is the president of the Senate. That's true. That's the, the humble job of a vice president. He controls the tiebreak vote. He has already used the tiebreak vote, I believe, more than any vice president uh, in modern history. So it's not something he is uncomfortable doing. That's all Mitch needs. So you hear about Susan Collins, uh, uh, once again, of course, uh, very famous, became very famous in the Kavanaugh hearing. You hear about Lisa Murkowski. You hear about Mitt Romney. Mm -hmm. And they have said, I don't want to take a vote before the next president or before uh, the election. However, again, they can rant. They can rave. I'll believe it when I see it. It doesn't really matter. All Mitch needs to do is get 50 votes in the Senate, and they have a 6-3. to three. In some cases, it'll definitely be a 7-2 conservative Supreme Court. Yeah, and that means that um, any kind of like progressive changes that we've made to our country in the past 100 years, all that can be overturned, Roe v. Wade. Um, it, any kind of basically any kind of progressive agenda will be thwarted by a court that that now, pro, that uh, conservative majority wise. I do want to put a little bit. I want to add just a little bit of ease to people. Uh, the Supreme Court. We know these justices. They they work on precedent, right? And Roe v. Wade has been the law of the land since the early seventies. Uh, that has been solidified time and time again. 
with the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court voted five to four to strike down a restrictive abortion law. Uh, This was in Louisiana. And again, this is why the Supreme Court decisions matter so much and why it's strange to have a country that is really constantly being fiddled with by nine individuals that were never elected by the people. But the Supreme Court did vote to strike down a Louisiana abortion uh, law by five to four. The law was nearly identical to a Texas law uh, that the court struck down four years prior. Uh, This was in 2014. It was sponsored by anti-abortion Democrat Katrina Jackson. It was Louisiana Act 620. It was intended to protect women by requiring abortion providers to have admitting privileges to nearby hospitals. However, the court kept with the president and found that the law does not conform to prevailing medical standards and would not improve the safety of abortion in Louisiana. So so given the history of the Supreme Court, precedent does matter. And again, Roe v. Wade has been the law of the land for quite a while. Well, a reason to worry, though, would be that Amy right. Coney Barrett is a like lunatic evangelical evangelist um evangelical christian of course 80% of evangelical christians still supporting donald trump and i grew up in an evangelical household this is why many of them are able to hold their nose and vote for donald trump or at this point just keep that nose wide open and love what they're smelling i think they've gotten used to his rhetoric and who he is as a person Uh, they've definitely exercised that little thing called forgiveness i suppose given the fact that he is probably financed more abortions he's, than anyone could ever imagine having. He's an imperfect weapon yes, he to, is. to use against uh, and, the left. But Amy Coney Barrett uh, in 2006 at her law school's graduation ceremony woo, or something, uh, she gave a speech and she ended it by saying the only reason to get a law degree was to help build the kingdom of God. Yay, thank this you. Is, this is the kind of person. And when it, when we, when that is like our permanent roommate situation for the Supreme Court like that's a scary prospect and you also have to uh, and going back to that just just briefly when we were talking about lifetime appointees Amy Coney Barrett by Supreme Court standards she's a baby she's only 49 years old that's the thing so theoretically this woman could be on the court for 50 years oh my god Mitch McConnell (laughs) Mitch McConnell if he could would put a racist baby in the Supreme Court just to have it grow because of the lifetime appointment But so um, that, that is something that we have to address. So we don't go through this emotional roller coaster. We we have been on an RBG, you know, God rest her soul. We have been on this sort of, is she going to survive or not going to survive? She assumed Hillary was going to win. A lot of people, oh, you know, criticized her for not stepping down earlier. Again, these are decisions that are very difficult for people to make. I'm watching The Undertaker, The Last Ride series on WWE. I'm happy for you. It's hard when you get to a certain age to understand uh, that time has passed you by, and it's hard to move on. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is people's entire lives. Of course, uh, RBG, she was appointed by Bill Clinton in the early 90s. She has been there for a long time. She has become more and more, she had become more and more influential as the court became more and more conservative. Of course, RBG... Not exactly someone who the left embraced as well. There was a lot of feminists who were like, she is way too moderate. She is conservative in some in some aspects. And as time went on, she um, defended a lot of the principles that some people were concerned uh, that she might not defend as the Supreme Court again sort of changed around her and she adjusted accordingly. But when we have these lifetime appointments, it's so difficult for these people to just human nature. I mean, hell, you look at Steve Jobs, who also had pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. These are geniuses, right? Steve Jobs never went to the doctor. He was like, I think prune juice should be able to solve this. Everyone has a blind spot. Yeah. And oftentimes the blind spot is the biggest blind spot of all, which is realizing that, uh, you know, we we are biological beings that are not going to be here forever. Yeah, I think, you know, realistically, I I think if you look at her decision to remain on the court, it was just a not a great idea, but she also thought against, against all, you know, against all odds, maybe she might make it. Um, but it is weird that our system is built in such a way that the death of one person yeah. could throw the just the country's whole like value system off course. Yes. Um, because we're, you know, with Roe v. Wade and, you know, with uh, progressive legislation that has passed, it's like we don't want to go back. But now that there is a very good chance that that might happen it's possible and i and, understand but, there's a lot of fear but out speaking there. of precedent it's like 
that's the thing about this weird, the weird forever roommate situation of Supreme Court. One person leaving, somebody as senior as Ginsburg right. dropping out, and then you have Sotomayor and Kagan, you who are new, relatively, and then Breyer as well, who's also kind of a, a well, vet. Well, Breyer's a bit of an older boy He's now. A vet. Uh, yes, but, indeed. But what you do, what happens is like when a new Supreme Court person enters the court, it does change the tenor. Yes, it does. Of... Uh, of how the other people also vote. And this, of course, would definitely change the tenor of the Supreme Court in a big way. Donald Trump, if he does end up getting, let's just say Amy Coney Barrett, just for the lack of, uh, let's just say that's the nominee, because again, that evangelical vote, they turn up, they turn out, they shout out. They are a huge voting block in this country, extremely important, specifically in conservative politics. This is why they have, again, as I said, been able to tolerate yeah. Who Donald Trump is as a human being, not exactly an upstanding Christian boy. This is exactly why they voted for him. He would have a chance to have three people on the Supreme Court going back to the entire lifetime appointee thing. November 3rd rolls around. Biden wins in a landslide. It's all over. All 50 states went for Biden. If Donald Trump has three Supreme Court justices on the court, Trump may as well be president for the next 30 freaking years. Yeah, I really... It's it's a really interesting phenomenon. When I'm thinking about it, it's just like this, you know, at the beginning of his presidency, you know, the joke was like, he's playing 13 dimensional chess. Yeah, I think demented is better, yes. (laughs) 13 demented chess. 4D chess. But now I realize this man has just a shriveled monkey's paw that he makes wishes on. He is the luckiest, I'm going to say MF, in the the history of the presidency. I cannot believe how lucky this guy gets. Just in the 11th hour of this election, he gets the vaunted Ginsburg chair to open up and he can replace Ginsburg with the exact opposite in terms of uh, ideology and then get somebody in there who wants to build the kingdom of God through our Supreme Court. How lucky. Horrified. And of course, like you're saying, though, like the idea that as an evangelical voter, you have the you have the ability to rally your the rest of your community to vote in an evangelical into the Supreme Court. That is so energizing for for that. Well, and and that brings up this question. And this is where there has been a lot of debate. Who benefits more? Let's just say, okay, so let's say if they don't fill the seat. Let's say Mitch McConnell, 45 days out from the election, just doesn't work out. They're going to try. It is extremely possible it happens. Let's say it doesn't happen. Who does that benefit more? Because when we talk about energized voting blocks, we always, obviously, there's a huge contingency on the left that are absolutely aware of the importance of the Supreme Court. They're aware of how much a, uh, a Trump nominee or a Trump uh, re-election win would change the Supreme Court, but that evangelical voting block, the voting block that put him in office, the voting block that put George W. Bush in office for two freaking terms, they are going to be rabid. Yes. Pulpits all over this country, this whole separation of church and state, all of this nonsense never existed in the first place. Pulpits all over this country are going to be spewing rhetoric like you have not seen before. This is going to be a revival for the right. And so the question, I suppose, must be asked, is it almost better for Donald Trump and his uh, and his administration and his campaign to leave the seat open? Or does he run the risk if Mitch does fill the seat, which obviously is what the evangelicals want? But do you then run the risk of being like the useful idiot has done his job and now it's okay if he goes away? That is something that they're going to have to weigh. So that's just one of the interesting things that we're seeing right now. Is it better to fill the seat now or not fill the seat and use it as a wedge issue, a further wedge issue going into November 3rd, as we're seeing with what Donald Trump has done economically, where it's like, if you want that tax cut to be permanent, you're going to want to have me in office again, because otherwise you're screwed. Oh, is it possible he just goes along that line and says, well, look, there's an open seat here. And so you better vote for me November 3rd. Otherwise, it's going to be filled by a socialist, I don't know, like cartoon rat. No, I think this is the Senate Republicans and Trump are in lockstep now. There's no there's sort of a in your question. It's like implied that maybe one is playing off the other or something. I I think this is all just a big 
this is this is doing its job already. The death and the subsequent like nominee talk, and uh, you have NPR today posting an article about uh, the new nominee pick, and they really do talk about it in terms of like the Bachelor. Like they're right. talking about the the rose ceremony. Ugh. Like the we have already forgotten about the two hundred thousand dead you know, COVID-19 victims. And it's like, oh, this is already doing the job for him. He wants to put someone in there as immediately as possible, Trump and McConnell, I think. Oh, yeah. And the idea that it's this very outwardly, um, you know, a a nominee with such religiosity, it's like, this is all great for him. It doesn't matter. They want to put someone in as quickly as possible. The only thing that would stop them at this point will not stop them. The only thing that would slow them down is that the the nominee process apparently takes on average fifty days. Right. Uh, so it'll it'll tumble over into the new year, um, or uh, sorry, it'll tumble over into um, post election. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's all gravy. It's all gravy for uh, for Trump. And you know the thing is, mm-hmm. uh, with this new court arrangement, the quicker the better because. What Trump, if, if this is a squeaker of an election, I hate the word squeaker, squeaker but sure, because it, it, you know, the polls have shown that it, they are pretty close, actually. And was, you want yeah. somebody like Biden who who is going against somebody who has caused such outrage. You'd think that they'd be ahead by, you know, miles and miles. But that's right. just not the case. And if we have not in the swing states, if anyway. we have this close election, the people that ultimately decide uh, some elections are the Supreme Court. So you like in 2000, Bush v. Gore was decided by the Supreme Court. That was horrible. So if you have right. if you have this like ma- super majority uh, a conservative GOP elect or GOP picked judge situation, we're looking at a very close call. It'll probably be Florida and, again that like causes the problem, and then we'll have a hyper conservative Supreme Court that says absolutely Trump is the winner. And I'm going to put on my in a perfect world hat. These are not political appointees, but they are. I understand that. Oh, absolutely. But we have seen people like even Neil Gorsuch has split, uh, or Justice Roberts, he has split uh, with the conservative base on, on a few things. So they are also independent thinkers. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be in lockstep with well, whatever Thomas, the Republican Party is no, at Thomas that time. Thomas is like Thomas a is puppet. A, Thomas is a puppet. Alito yes. is a puppet. Um, Roberts is the only case, and it's like so weird actually because Gorsuch to some degree in 2005, it's uh, it Roberts' first term of being on the Supreme Court, he was tied with Alito as being the third most conservative justice. Today, in 2020, he's like super center, like not because he became center, but because politics went right. Exactly, I think that's the big thing to remember. And with someone like in Amy Coney Barrett, she doesn't, she's not a man. But I would make a strong argument she would be the most conservative appointee Yes, coming from Donald Trump. This is the red meat for the evangelical base. This is exactly what they've been wanting. And my God, that's why the shockwaves can be heard around the freaking world but when I, it comes I mean, to I really, RPG. I, I really think this is the most lucky thing for Trump to have happened because he gets a Supreme Court that full is basically going to fully commit to backing him in a, uh, a an election that is that is down to the wire. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Now, of course, Donald Trump is also, uh, he's seemingly sad lately. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to say. Uh, Travis read me a quote that he gave to Forbes saying that if he loses the election, you're never going to hear from him again, and he's just going to go away. Yeah, he said, uh, I don't know what I'll do if I lose. 
You'll never hear from me again. You'll never see me again. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that. Of course, uh, you know, Donald Trump, uh, perhaps he's realizing that his age is a real number, and perhaps he's realizing that uh, he doesn't have... Uh, his, his, there, he has more days behind him than in front of him. Of course, he also just lost his brother, which is perhaps why he gave, and this is the first response to RBG, to the passing. As soon as he found out, he gave, I'm going to call it almost, almost an empathetic human response. Almost. Yeah. But we can play the response from Donald Trump, the soundtrack brought to you by Elton John. The song itself is Tiny Dancer. Apparently, this song was just playing in the background after a rally. I think I think that's the case. I think that's the case. It times out perfectly. Um, but let's so hear let's it. just play Donald Trump responding to finding out the news regarding Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She just died. Wow. I didn't know that. I just uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. So that is the power of Elton John. Honestly, yeah. Number the, one. The score really, there's like <laughs> a half a second where he looks into the camera yeah. after being told that she's dead. And it really does look like he might shed a tear and say, I'm done. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm sorry. I'm taking my no, wig and he, I'm going. And then he, uh, you know, well, and then looks of like course, a testicle. But that was uh, that was very shortly lived when it comes to sort of giving respect uh, to uh, to RBG. Immediately following that, uh, his campaign rallies, the crowd have taken to do what they do best, which is chanting. They love their chants. Well, yeah. Lock, uh, not lock her up in this case. It was fill the seat. Fill the seat. The crowd chants at Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump uh, absorbs the, uh, the the energy of the crowd and goes right to Twitter with it, saying that he will fill the seat. Uh, he's going to have a nominee as of uh, potentially Monday or Tuesday of this week. They are going to be moving extremely fast. And this is one of those things that aggravates the hell out of people when it comes to American politics. Four years ago. You know, we did have people, people were on record. Yeah. We have recordings of people like Lindsey Graham, of people like Mitch McConnell, saying that you could never vote for a nominee during a presidential year. But it is incredible how just they have, they've managed to have a change of heart. Isn't that fascinating? And I think that's why people hate American politics. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't trust a damn word these, that comes <laughs> out of these schmucks' mouths. Other than Chuck Grassley, who I do believe did find a dead pigeon. Well, and I really yeah. hope that the pigeon's owner comes, buries said pigeon, well, he, and it grows into a wonderful pigeon he tree. He seems confused as to whether it's a pigeon or a deer. I don't know. That must know. be one big pigeon. It, <laughs> yes. That is a massive, massive that's pigeon. A big pigeon. So let's go through some of the Republican senators that could play a massive role when it comes to appointing a new Supreme Court justice. The four mentioned so-called three amigos, which makes me want to blow my freaking brains out. Never mind the fact that it was a great movie. Yeah. I hate that it's just, God, the media in this country drives me freaking insane. <laughs> that's like some 2006 Daily Show type stuff. It's like Calling a bunch, uh, three senator, Republican senators, the three amigos. Anyway, the three amigos are Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Mitt Romney of Utah. All three of them have said they don't believe that we should vote for a nominee until after the election. Okay, again, push comes to shove. I don't trust that any of them will not support the nominee. But let's just say they hold their ground. That brings us to 50. And as we've talked about, 50 is all you need. So who are the other three that may say, hey, let's pump the brakes, wait until after the election and see if we can't have the American people get a little bit more say into who will sit on the Supreme Court for all of time until the Lord calls them mm -hmm. home. Cory Gardner, he is a Colorado Republican. Uh, he is a moderate. He faces an increasingly difficult reelection fight. Of course, Colorado being a blue state. He has been silent since the news of Ginsburg's death and has largely avoided 
reporters. Of course, that tends to mean he might be breaking. That could mean, rather, he might be breaking with the Republican establishment, wants to stay mum Mm -hmm. and not deal with um, with the fallout that no doubt would go with that. There's also Lamar Alexander, a Republican out of Tennessee, and Pat Roberts, a Republican out of Kansas. Alexander has been serving in the Senate since 2003, and Roberts, uh, he entered the upper chamber in 1997. They're both retiring and have less than a few months left in office. They're viewed as a sort of pragmatic institutionalist, so basically they don't have anything to lose. So they might just do what John McCain did, speaking of RIP, when it comes to the ACA, which is another thing the Supreme Court is going to be deciding on very, very soon which is why this is such an important issue. They may just say, thumbs down, no can do, no vote. I don't give a damn. I'm getting out of here anyway. Mm -hmm. Or do they uh, succumb to the pressures that be? And Mitch McConnell, for as weak and weird as he looks, he is strangely powerful. And (laughs) when you get in the room with Mitch, I have a feeling he has the ability. Maybe he shows pictures of their children, uh, camping out with little sniper, uh, you know, with little <laughs> with little um, targets on their heads. Who knows the nasty game uh, that Mitch McConnell will play in order to ensure that these three Republican senators go along with the nominating process? So those are the six that you really got to watch out for. It's uh, Lisa Murkowski. You know her very well from the from the highly televised show, the Kavanaugh hearing. I yes. loved that season when they adopted the child. What a wonderful, wonderful television show that was that has a great impact on our country in real life. Susan Collins and, of course, Mitt Romney. Those are the three amigos. As I say that, I hope you can hear my eye roll. Senator uh, Lamar Alexander, Republican out of Tennessee. Pat Roberts, Republican out of Kansas. Both of them, they're done. So do they go along with the Republican Party or do they say, screw it, we're out? It does not matter to us. And then we also have Cory Gardner, the Colorado Republican, who is, again, a Republican in a blue state. If he does push forward with a nomination, would it hurt him politically to the point where, uh, you know, he would not uh, be in the Senate much, much longer? So those are six votes that Mitch is going to have to finagle at the very least three of them. Again, push comes to shove. I just don't see I, I don't trust this whole, like, Susan Collins is going to hold out. Murkowski is going to hold out. Mitt's going to hold out. I just don't trust it. I think push comes to shove. It's possible. Uh, Mike Pence can just keep on drinking O'Doul's and eating pizza with his strange, strange wife and not even have to cast a tie-breaking vote in the Senate. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a foregone conclusion that the, the vote is going to go through. It's not a – it's just going to happen. So whoever it is – and by the way – um, you know, there Trump released a list of his nominees. It does look like that Amy Barrett uh is kind of the 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 front runner, but also realize that Ted Cruz is on that list as well. Tom Cotton <laughs> hey, is on that list. As long as it's not Judge Janine Pirro, I'm fine. No, no, she didn't make the cut. She but, didn't make the but cut. Ted God, Cruz, she's crazy. who did he to his credit, he did say he does not want to be on the Supreme Court. Oh, thank you, he, Ted. He wants to be president. But oh, what uh, a, Tom it, Cotton, the guy who said, bring the military into the streets and kill all the protesters uh, in a New York Times uh, op-ed, yeah. that's the guy who uh, Trump is like, yeah, I think that guy would work in the, in the Supreme Court. I think he would gel with my with those uh, with those cool kids. Yes, indeed. And also, uh, so Hillary Clinton on MSNBC today, uh, she laid out her strategy to keep the Ginsburg seat vacant. Uh, and she said, one, she's going to win over GOP senators on principle. Oh, she is? Two. Hillary Clinton's going to do that? Yes. Pre- oh, my God. <laughs> pressure, pressure GOP senators in tight re-election bids. And three... <laughs> Uh, she'll uh, acknowledge procedural <laughs> obstacles in the Senate, and then she so ends nothing by- <laughs> to worry about, folks. Hillary Clinton's on it. We're good. And she ends that that plan by saying, "All of these things are, you know, difficult, but uh, let's go down fighting." So let's she go does acknowledge. She does acknowledge what she says is useless, but uh, oh, <laughs> but that was her strategy anyway for for get, keeping the evangelical uh, Supreme Court justice out of that seat. Well, Susan Collins, she has been on record many times uh, saying that in fairness, this is a quote from Susan Collins, uh, she said this in a statement, she says, in fairness to the American people who will either be reelecting the president or selecting a new one, 
The decision on a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court should be made by the president who was elected on November 3rd. So Susan Collins is on record saying that, again, uh, what does it mean, yeah. as we talked about when it comes to the two-faced liars that are the politicians that run this country? Mitch McConnell, of course. If if I would love to see Mitch fight with Mitch four years ago in a little side-by-side, who would win? I have a feeling both of them and the American people will lose. So Susan Collins' words don't hold like a bunch of water for yeah. me, but nonetheless, she is on record saying that she doesn't believe that we should have a vote to see who will have a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court until after the election. So take that for what it is worth. But Trump, this, uh... Trump immediately, of course, panned Collins. Uh, he told reporters, I totally disagree with her. We won. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. To the victor go the spoils. And in this case, uh, the thing that will be spoiled, uh, potentially, is the Supreme Court of this country for a long, long time. We're talking generations. Yeah. And in so. the in the you know in the Mario Kart race that is that is this election, Trump did just get a red turtle shell with this he did. with this pick. Yes, but, he did. Um, you know, say say Biden does actually win. Um, and of course, you know, if you're, I'm, I'm not, this is why we haven't been talking a lot about the polling data here, because we know what happens with polling data. It's a new world with new media, yeah. and no one really knows, despite We're, how tracked we yeah. all are, politically, we seem to be tracking people horribly. Yeah, It We're, looks like Joe Biden is almost at 50% in some key swing states, and obviously that's the magic number. But again, I don't know. I, I'm going to be... I'm no we're getting we're optimism. getting too close to the actual election to b- believe any numbers, right? Like because we, well, it's it's hard to to look at these things and and think of anything other than you know we're we're all gun shy from 2016. Absolutely, and even with Donald Trump, he has a small. There was a small dip in evangelical support for Donald Trump again, just because Donald Trump is who he is. I cannot tell you how strange it is for someone like. You know, in my immediate family, for example, who might support Donald Trump because of his views on abortion, which uh, I come from a single issue family uh, voter background. Abortion was the number one issue in my household, and it still is in the minds of my parents and for millions of Americans. As we get closer to the election, I think we're going to start seeing people go back to their roots, go back to their base, Mm -hmm. go back to their political DNA. And just end up supporting if they voted for Trump, there's going to be a lot of return customers for the Big Mac that is Donald Trump's presidency. Yes. And I, I was just the, the the train of thought I was on, you know, Biden wins. And let's also say that the Democrats take the Senate. So it's like a mandate from the country. We're going to go all all Democrats all day. Right. Um and then we also have a six to three conservative majority Supreme Court, which is very strange. Very right? strange. It's a very strange world that we're living. The the thing that people are talking about, in addition to term limits with Supreme Court uh, justices, is also packing the court. Yes. So this is a thing that could possibly happen as a as a reaction to this uh, to Ginsburg's death and this new uh, conservative Supreme Court justice is literally making the Supreme Court a bigger. They're, they're going to get a new desk, and it's going to fit yes. 15 little justices' bodies in there, and they're going to sit on there, and they're all going to smile. But the, Which the, is a ridiculous thing, by the way, the packing of the court. That, I mean, is what, that, is what, that is like the only recourse that they have. Deeply flawed. And, I mean, other than, like, I don't know, assassinating Clarence Thomas. Uh, time, time is real, time as we've is, talked about it. The, you know, father time. He's 100 and no, isn't he? He never misses. Never misses. <laughs> he never misses. I'm like, Paul George, what happened with the Clippers? <laughs> My God. Um, but just going back again to the power of the evangelical vote, because you cannot underestimate how important that vote is for the Supreme Court. And I don't want to like keep on kicking a dead horse. But I am telling you, evangelicals have been talking about the Supreme Court my entire life. Yeah. I'm damn near 40 years old. Yeah. They have been talking about the Supreme Court. This is the this is the holy freaking grail. Well, it this is, is it, something this is not an, on accident. To respect the power of the Supreme Court is to understand that it is like the buck stops here with the like with the direction of the country. So this is according to a Pew Research Center survey. And again, you know, we have skepticism, but uh, this is these are the numbers that we have that we have to go with. 
uh, if the presidential election was held today, this is white evangelical support. 82% of white evangelical support uh, would go towards Donald Trump and only 17% would go to Joe Biden. I can't think of a group of people other than maybe the African-American vote when it comes to their supporting Mm -hmm. of uh, the Democratic Party traditionally um, in the general election. I cannot think of a more powerful voting block that has more brand consistency than the evangelical vote. And this is they are freaking fired up. And it's sad to say this. But, you know, the news breaks. RBG is dead. I bet you a thousand billion dollars. I'll bet you my new Chevy Silverado. That thing's big. That there were a massive amount of smiles. Oh, my God. There were just pure, unadulterated high fives. Because when we talk about evangelicalism, don't think about it like it's religion. This is a business. These people are making bank. Look no further than the Jerry Falwell Jr. scandal. These people are in the business of they're they're in the God business and business is good. Well, they've been taking money from yeah. people, manipulating people like my like my parents. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a lot of cash, but my God, did they find a way to get the cash that my parents had in their checkbook and in their wallet? Did they find a way to get it out? Yes, indeed, they did. Yeah, and this is one of those opportunities for the evangelical base to feel hyper-energized, and really, you know... I think... So that's... my The thing is, I understand that the left is also energized here. Sort of. I mean, it's like (sighs) all... It's all like... It's it's more like avoidance as opposed to being completely enthralled by the idea of having power and securing power, which is what the right is doing. And let's not forget, this Pew Research Center survey, it happened right after Donald Trump held the Bible upside down. Of uh, St. John's Church. And that didn't even move the needle. The man doesn't know how to hold a Bible right. Some would argue it's like kind of sacrilege. Also, we just found out when it comes to the peaceful protest that was happening in Washington that day uh, that was, of course, dispersed with violence by, uh, you know, a government militia for all intents and purposes. Maybe it was the post office, please. We don't actually know. Also, Donald Trump could have that photo up. Evidently, they were debating using sound weapons. Uh, And they were debating using heat weapons that make it feel as if your skin is burning off of your body, weapons that they don't even use in war. But they decided, ah, you know what, rubber bullets, that'll do for now. Yeah. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. There's a, uh, there's a Vox article from... 2018, and uh, speaking of evangelicals, yes, the biblical story the Christian right uses to defend Trump. Do you know Cyrus? Oh yes, of course. So this is, I guess, they literally the event the evangelicals yeah. have. Cyrus is a bad guy, but he did some good things. Exactly. Well, he's like an imperfect instrument yes. to achieve the will of God, and that is the story that all evangelicals apparently tell themselves about this guy who doesn't know how to hold a Bible right side <laughs> hey, up. Man, and again, has paid for quite a few abortions. And don't forget, the wealthy people in this country, Roe v. Wade, abortion rights, it's not on the chopping block for them. Yeah. You know, it really is the places, Texas, Louisiana, these places where a lot of folks live in poverty, a lot of rural folks, 
They don't have the luxury of hopping on a plane and taking a vacation to passages of Malibu Mm -hmm. as their family is just like they're on vacation for two weeks to get their abortion and then they're going to get a boob job and then they're going to feel great. Like it doesn't work like that for the vast majority of Americans. And those are the people who are most at risk when it comes to uh, the power of the Supreme Court. So just going back again, when it comes to white evangelical support or lack of support, rather, for Joe Biden, 26% say he'll be a poor president, 49% say terrible, 16% say average, only 9% of white evangelicals say Biden would, quote, be great. And of course, you compare that with Donald Trump, where you have uh, at least 70%, 75% saying he's he has been either good or great. And again, when you try to wrap your head around, why is that happening? Why is that possible? Look no further than SCOTUS, the Supreme Court. This is why they elected him. And as Travis said, I don't know what wish monkey paw he's been wishing <laughs> on, but holy hell, have those wishes come true. Because you thought COVID was the news story of the year. Nope. Watch out, COVID. You're about to be bumped off the front pages. I know you're going to realize how fickle the news media is, COVID. It's going to be hard for you. The fall, we like to prop yeah. up celebrities, but we also like to watch them fall. Well, Isn't that something? Speaking of celebrities. So this it's, is going to be big. It is strange, though, that of all of the Supreme, Supreme Court justices, the only one to ever be immortalized on a t-shirt or on a coffee mug or on a calendar. Right. Or I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I saw my first Fauci shirt the other day. I almost yeah. blew my brains out. I'm sure there's like a Ruth Bader Ginsburg hack and slash game or oh, something out no, there that I'm not aware of. She's become a pop icon. And again, I actually have no problem with that. If she wasn't a sitting Supreme Court justice when all of it was happening, I hate the fetishization and the celebrity driven narrative that we are creating for people right. who are supposed to just be taking care of policy and making That's, sure our constitution is protected. I don't care about them on T-shirts. They're not celebrities. Unfortunately, that's how we. But that's it. That's yeah. how we do it. But that's how we do it. You know, the thing is, if there's any kind of bright side, I think it might be that this death, because of all that, because of all our like pop culture enshrining that we do which is weird and gross, but it could be useful in this case because it might actually galvanize a giant chuck, chunk of the electorate to come out and, um, you know, in a, in a protest vote of something like this for the election. I mean, this could actually, it would be funny if this thing that, you know, a lot of people rolled their eyes at, the notorious RBG, um, if this is the thing that really, like, puts Biden over for pe- because people were so... Um, so shocked and horrified at the idea of losing Ginsburg in the Supreme Court. So speaking of galvanizing the vote, I think you're right, Travis. I think that the Biden campaign, if they play their cards right, Mm -hmm. and if they handle this appropriately, which is possible that they do, uh, will have to, or they should rather, make the point to the American people that there are some old justices on the Supreme Court, uh, specifically in old more left-leaning justice in Stephen Breyer, who is currently 82 years old, that very well could, uh, you know, again, pass away or retire within the next presidential term. I think there was talk of him wanting to retire. And this is the other thing, again, when it comes to the age term limits or when it comes to the term limits for the Supreme Court, if you're on the Supreme Court, I would vote yes. I would just be like, yeah. That makes a lot of sense because now you have someone like Breyer uh, who is in a position much like uh, RBG was in Mm -hmm. where she's like, yeah, you know, if I just hold off a little bit longer, we'll get Hillary in. Everything is going to be good. Whoopsie daisy. Trump is in. I'm going to hold on for four more years. I promise you I can do it. I'm here until I'm 90. It's an undue pressure for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And it forces them to be political. And again, I know it is a political politics or everything, uh, specifically in Washington and specifically when it comes to the Supreme Court. I think it could really help just the sanity of the court if they're like, I'm here for 18 years and I don't have to worry about who's getting elected uh, because I know my time here is finite. So just lastly, a few of the ages Clarence Thomas, how old do you think Clarence Thomas is? I feel like we've been talking about him for many, many decades because we have. Is he 83? Technically, he's just a baby at 72. Oh, wow. Ruth Bader, as we mentioned, was was 87. Stephen Breyer, 82. Uh, John Roberts, 65. Alito, 70. Sonia uh, Sotomayor, 66. Alina Kagan, 60. 
And then this is where you really get to your spring chickens. Neil Gorsuch, whose middle name is McGill. Isn't that interesting? He's only 53. And of course, Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh is 55. If this woman Barrett does get in, she would be 49. So we are looking at a Supreme Court. The youth is on the right side, uh, not of history, but uh, politically. They are without a doubt uh, the young upstarts of the Supreme Court because of Donald Trump will be conservative uh, for the foreseeable future. So it does matter. The Supreme Court matters. Something to focus on. Breyer is not going to be here forever. Of course, he was appointed by Bill Clinton. So right now, when it comes to appointees, Clarence Thomas was H.W. Bush talking about why these matter. H.W. Bush might as well still be president, right? right. He has the, he, like he has a little bit of a living history in Clarence Thomas. H.W. Bush still has his fingerprint, his thumbprint all over our democracy yeah. because of Clarence Thomas. Uh, Bill Clinton was Ginsburg. Bill Clinton was Breyer. George W. Bush was Roberts. Alito was George W. Bush. Sotomayor, Obama, Kagan, Obama, and of course, Trump, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. Both of those are Trump. It is possible then that Donald Trump will have three Supreme Court justices in one freaking term. It's... um. Woo! Wow. You know, we you, we so talk about we, do have consequences. we talk about yeah, we talk about um Trump leaving an impression or leaving a mark on, on be there the country. We our, D, our DNA as a country is like irrevocably changed. Yeah. Because of because of something as simple as a woman dying to cancer. Like th- what is what a strange it's, system that we have here. It's just completely for all the get out the on vote. paper. It's it's psychotic. It really <laughs> is. You know, I love. I'm I'm a massive advocate of getting out and voting and things like that. But when you talk to people, being like, "Why does it matter if I vote?" All of these things they look at some of these systemic problems within our republic and the Supreme Court lifetime appointments are definitely one of the problems. H. W. Bush still has his fingerprint on our Supreme Court. He was a one-term president from 88 to 92. Clarence Thomas is 70. He very well could be there for 15 more years. And you're looking at George and you're looking at Donald Trump, who now will have his weird little handprint all over our Democratic Republic for potentially the next 45 to 50 years. We need well, term <laughs> limits on the Supreme Court and I think that's the biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway from the tragic passing of RBG. Well, no, and another thing this year has taught me or confirmed for me is that, um, you know, speaking of the the term limits and the potential lasting effects of these justices, evil people don't die. Um, Dick bad, Cheney is on his eighth heart, I think. Bad people do not die. They live forever. <laughs> they live forever, and uh. people who are like heroes to children die. Those are the people that die. Evil people Hateful people, they live forever. I don't know if they live forever. I think it's just every day with them is hard. So you're just like, why won't you die? And then like when the good people, you're like, oh man, I can't believe they died. It was so nice to have them here. Like a a children's action figure superhero, Chadwick Boseman died. And then the the little girl's superhero, RBG dies. And and it's just, uh, it's, it's insane. Hey, man, it is. Uh, it really is an interesting time in this country, and I hope you're all hanging in there the best you can. Uh, this is why, you know, the, the elections matter. Elections have consequences. We'll see if if Mitch McConnell uh, goes 100% shameless. I think that he will. Oh, absolutely. It's happening. Yeah. And, you know, despite the fact that we played a little bit of sound of Donald Trump sounding mildly empathetic, all of that is gone. That was so 10 hours ago. Yeah. Well, he now took, it's he back took to two, politics. He took two UCB back. classes, so that's how he was able oh, to. Really? He was able to be on oh on the, on the spot there with the fake empathy. Speaking of UCB, I've been watching the Nexium documentary, and I'm like, this is just <laughs> improv classes with sashes. Yeah, it's horrible. Also, I believe next week we're going to be. Uh, will we have Joe on next week? Joe, Joe Toscano. Yes. Yes, we'll have Joe Toscano on next week. We're going to talk about that documentary, the social dilemma. Uh, it's a, it's in the information I like in the documentary. The reenactment, I don't know why they did reenactments. Was a- reenactments and documentaries don't work. And I was, it really, I'm going to say it brought me out of it. It was a modern day after school special. I could it was. not, I, the aesthetics of it are so bizarre. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely some 
irrelevant information. Irrelevant information. So next week we will be talking about a bit of the social dilemma. What's going on with technology? How has it impacted our minds? As we're seeing now, uh, RBG being perhaps the most famous Supreme Court justice to die in the Twitter era. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we saw, you know, social media was being social media. So, of course, there were some people on Twitter uh, immediately laughing, maligning, you know, bringing up a whole series of different uh, bunch of BS. For example, Donald Trump, you know, stoking the flames, talking about uh, by talking about how Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who is, you know, he know he yes, he does definitely wear blackface and he knows on the moonwalk. Yes. And he did say that in the press conference, which is such vital information for the people of Virginia to know that their governor uh, can walk backwards mm-hmm. because politicians it's amazing how they're good at doing that, isn't it? Yeah. But Donald Trump, did you see the tweet where Donald Trump was like, Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, wants to kill babies after they're born? Did no, you see that? No. Okay. No. Well, so again, that's why like the empathetic Donald Trump and that accompanied by Elton John. Mm-hmm. That's really not uh, how he governs. And so let's not uh, misconstrue that there. But of course, we saw a lot of people on social media immediately, uh, you know, kind of going on, going along with that kind of rhetoric yeah. regarding RBJ. And then we saw her be lionized. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters. We just have to be practical. This is a clerical. This is this is like clerical. It's supposed to be kind of boring. I've been watching my C-SPAN. I love my C-SPAN. I love how boring it is. I liked, I watched Senator Mike Lee out of Utah, the guy who is – he's bald. I don't know why he has hair. He has, he has so little hair. He looks balder than anyone without any hair like Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I like to watch the procedure of government. And this is all this is. It's just procedural stuff that needs to be taken seriously. And we need to remember that uh, these things are on the line and it's not, it's just everyone's cosplaying. Everyone is crazy now. You know, everyone, like we were talking about with QAnon, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone is just like the star of their own. They're, They're all the Liam Neeson of their own action flick. And it's just, we need to get, we need to have just reasonable, rational people. I don't care if they're famous. I don't care if they're like, I just don't care. I just want them to do the freaking job. Uh, and uh, this is, you know, this is a bleak moment. It's like, it, uh, it's where it, this is not the end of something. This is the beginning of a new era. It is the beginning of, uh, perhaps. of a scary time. You know, we have QAnon people being voted into the into congress yeah. uh, marjorie green uh for mm. one is gonna is making her way to congress and then uh <laughs> you know yeah Woo! and we have a, a hyper conservative supreme court so and we shall yes we, we we will see what happens i mean this is and this is like this is like best case scenario like biden wins the senate turns blue like we still live in a horrible situation but it, i can't even it's hard to even fathom the Trump win plus all of this stuff happening. Oh my goodness. It's really hard to, to imagine what this country will look like. And we'll break down the Senate a little bit closer to the election. Um, It's going to be pretty tricky. It's easy to be like, they're going to flip it. I've, I watched the commercial. It's tough. These Senate seats, there's a few that are, that are going to be close, but my God, as we saw, and as I was talking about the closer you get to the election, uh, the more and more people just kind of revert back to their 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 voting record and their voting history, and they don't want to seem as if they were wrong. I was talking about this with some friends a little bit tangentially tied here, but when it comes to Donald Trump, um, a lot of his followers, they sound almost like people who are against uh, the abolition movement, where they're like, they're going to be really mad if we lose. <laughs> so we better make sure to win Donald Trump extremely possible he's just in a courtroom on trial by 2021 if he loses it is like they are fighting for their life and i think trumpism and trumpers they're going to have a negative ramifications for the actions they've taken these past four years and they know it so that is a reason why they are so hardened in continuing to vote for him because uh, you know they just don't want to have to deal with people being mad and them no longer having powers. I think we're entering the dark world uh, part of Zelda. Honestly, Ooh, I think Zelda. We're- you know, Zelda is the name of the girl. I say this every time. Yeah. It's the name of the princess, and Link is the name of the main character. No kidding. I'm done. No I'm kidding. done today. Today I am done. 
Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. RIP RBG. Hopefully everyone's doing okay out there. And is there any other? Th- oh, there's a chick who voted topless in uh, New Hampshire. So that's a story. She had an anti-Trump shirt on, and they said, no, you can't uh, you can't vote with that shirt on. So she took them off. She took off the shirt, and then uh, she voted topless. That was kind of fun. I think she was too literal. I mean, maybe. She was being too literal. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe she was. Uh, nonetheless. That's my take on that. Hey, buddy, it's a hot take. That's all you got. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Never forget, hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.